Welcome to Communicore Weekly. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. La 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 And we just lost all of our listeners. It's time for Disney History. Lights. Thousands and thousands of lights. That's the best way to describe the Main Street Electrical Parade to someone who has never seen it before. The recorded narration that enthusiastically begins the parade describes it as a spectacular festival pageant of nighttime magic and imagination in thousands of sparkling lights and electro-synthomagnetic musical sounds. So you didn't sing that? Oh my god, that was such a mouthful. You should have anyways. The Electrical Parade was the brainchild of Robert Yanni, Disneyland's longtime director of entertainment. Yanni produced many of the parades and events that delighted crowds over the years at Disneyland, but the Electrical Parade was his most popular and signature creation. His inspiration for it was a display of electrified scenes known as the Electrical Water Pageant that had been used to celebrate the opening of Walt Disney World in 1971. A small side note, you can still see the Electrical Water Pageant today, every night around 9pm on the Seven Seas Lagoon. For Disneyland, Yanni created elaborate two-dimensional scenes on motorized carts which were hidden by guests by a total of half a million lights that covered the floats. The parade was driven down a darkened main street toward Town Square and shone brightly through the night. Disney legend Bill Justice designed many of the mechanical floats that accompanied the rest of the parade. These included a train leading the parade and scenes from classic Disney films like Cinderella, Dumbo, and Pinocchio. Of course, if you've seen the parade before, chances are you walked away humming the memorable electronic music that accompanied it. It's called Baroque Hoedown, a 1967 composition that is actually not from any Disney film, but it's an original song created by two early synthesizer pioneers. Funny enough, neither of the men knew their song was selected as the background tra track for the electrical parade until one of them went to Disneyland on vacation and heard it by complete chance. The song is supplemented with snippets of other songs, all played on the futuristic Moog synthesizer. And just as a side note, I actually used to own one of those synthesizers, and let me tell you what a pain it was to play that thing. It was. So are we going to hear your songs on the Disney parade someday? No, because I actually sold it back to somebody else because I had no idea what the heck I was doing. Uh, good to know. Yes. Anyway, the Main Street Electrical Parade debuted on Disneyland's 27th birthday in 1972 and ended in 1996. It ran continuously during that time except for two instances, in 1975 and 1976 when America on Parade debuted to commemorate the Bicentennial, and then in 1983 when Flights of Fantasy debuted. Each time the Electrical Parade came back, it was longer and included more floats, such as one celebrating Mickey's 50th birthday and one that looked like Elliot from the film Pete's Dragon. When Disneyland officials announced that the Main Street Electrical Parade's last performance would come in mid-October of 1996, attendance for the parade surged so much that they extended its run to November 25th. Afterwards, some of the bulbs from the floats were sold off for charity. Uh, in 2001, a modified version of the Electrical Parade reappeared in Anaheim 
but not at Disneyland. Disney's Electrical Parade, as it was then called, cruised through Disney California Adventure to help spark attendance at the new park. Uh, though we all know how that turned out. Because the show was so popular, similar versions of the Main Street Electrical Parade were brought to Walt Disney World, Disneyland Paris, and Tokyo Disneyland throughout its run. Today, the only place to see it is at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, where it continues to delight millions of guests every night with its spectacular color and whimsical music. He's a nerd, he's a geek, but we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. It's George's Book of the Week. The Walt Disney World 15th Anniversary Souvenir Book was released in 1986 and is 144 pages. This is one of three books that Disney released that celebrates the history of the Florida vacation destination, which includes a 10, a 15, and a 20 year. Uh, before, there was a radical change in the design and promotion of the books. <clears throat> and the management. Like the other anniversary guides, the first section looks at the history of the company and the development of Walt Disney World. The main sections of the book look at the Magic Kingdom, Epcot Center, broken into Future World and World Showcase, the Vacation Kingdom, and behind the scenes. For the section on the Magic Kingdom, the book has five to seven pages on each land. There are a ton of photos, and uh, that is an official Communicore Weekly unit of measurement. And they span the first 15 years of the Magic Kingdom. Granted, due to the space restrictions of the book, there are less photos than the 10-year guide, but there have been some additions. The Epcot Center section has four pages dedicated to each pavilion. This, this is the real reason to buy this book. There are some great photos of pavilions that are closed or have been changed. World of Motion, Horizon, Journey into Imagination, and the Land Pavilion show images of how they used to be. There's also a section on the soon-to-come Living Seas Pavilion, and this was even before Nemo was lost. And four pages dedicated to Communicore. Oh, yeah. 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 For World Showcase, there are just two pages dedicated to each country. Interestingly, there hasn't been as much change to the World Showcase Pavilions. Go figure. Hmm. The Vacation Kingdom section really covers the rest of Walt Disney World. The Waterways of the World looks at the watercraft of Walt Disney World. Go figure. There are sections dedicated to the Contemporary Resort, the Polynesian, and the Golf Resort. And since this is before the Eisner expansion, expansion that's why there are only three hotels. Uh, there are a few pages for Discovery Island, Fort Wilderness, Rare Country, and the Walt Disney World Village Resort. Roll back for a second. You talked yep. about the waterways of the world and the watercraft. Any Bob Brown yes. boats in this book or no? No, it was 1986. Ah, fail, forget it. Those were retired in 1978, as far as I can tell from my massive researching. Whatever, fine, come oh, on. Researching. Anyways, the last section is called Behind the Scenes, and it's a big change from the 10-year book. You almost lose half of the section. Uh, we see some cast member-only areas, and there's attention paid to the Epcot ideas, like communications, like fiber optic, waste management, the canals, solar panel, and uh, solar, solar power, and a few other things. Overall, this is really a great book, especially for Epcot fans. Uh, there was a lot cut out from the 10-year guide, but they did have to add Epcot. As with the other guidebooks, the reason to buy them is to relive the vintage days of Walt Disney World. This book is a must-have for fans and researchers. But not fans of Bob Around Boats, right? Uh, apparently not. Apparently not. But I've got some of those I can show you later. Is that the euthanism? Uh, there were no youth here. We're both adults. Sometimes it's a one, sometimes it's a two When you gotta go, what you gonna do? It's a bathroom break A bathroom break
You want to know something cool about this week's bathroom break? It's in the Norway Pavilion! Um, for those of you wondering about Jeff's outburst, stay till the end of the show and we'll let you know. So, Norway actually has a, a pretty nice set of bathrooms, and it's, one of the restrooms actually has two stalls, or two rows of stalls, they're facing each other, and there's a really nice and large companion restroom, too. Well, but we mainly wanted to feature Norway to talk about one of the official restrooms on property for our four-legged best friends. Cats. Dogs. Oh, well, I guess it depends on who's listening to this. Do they have service cats? I, they they might have service no, cats. No, we are service people for cats. Oh, okay, right. That's what it is. Well, anyways, that's right. <laughs> Dogs, <laughs> outside of the best friend's pet care, the Honors Resort Pet Sitting Service, there are a few places that actual service dogs can have an official bathroom break. This is one of them, and oh, I gotta do this. It's in the Norway Pavilion! Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there are official designated break areas for service animals. Contact a host or a cast member at uh, your closest theme park, and they'll let you know where they are. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. <laughs> Joe Rohde, one of the Imagineers responsible for spearheading Disney's Animal Kingdom from the initial idea all the way to its opening, has many hidden tributes to him throughout the park. There are many weather-worn posters plastered to the side of buildings throughout the African part of the park that, uh, that are both plays on his name and feature his likeness. And for this two-and-a-half-legged goat, the, one of the signs is for Joe Rohde masks and beads. That obviously gets its name from the Imagineer. Another example is for Captain Bob's Super Safaris, which features a drawing of the Captain Bob character, who happens to look a lot like, you guessed it, Joe Rohde. Why did you say two-and-a-half-legged goat? Well, obviously, it's an Animal Kingdom reference. I mean, it's a half-day park. It's got to be a half of a goat. <laughs> So Jeff, I'm not sure that all of our listeners and viewers are aware of the most exciting thing to happen to Walt Disney World since Epcot opened in 1982. You mean, you mean us being there? Well, yeah, yeah, that's part of it, part of it. But I am talking about you and I with the Communicore Weekly Live Orchestra. Live, obviously. They said live twice. At the Norway Pavilion at Epcot to celebrate Epcot's 30th anniversary and, of course, our 38th episode anniversary. Oh, yeah. So we're going to be doing that on Saturday, September 29th in the Norway Pavilion. Um, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. In addition to seeing us live, hearing the fantastic Steve and Andrew perform the music live, we're going to have a very, very, very special guest with more details coming out soon. There will be a dessert reception with a special viewing of Illuminations. Well, I guess it's a normal viewing, but you'll but, be with us. But it's more special because we're So it's there. more special, exactly. You might even get snarky commentary during Illuminations. Hey, you call that a firework. <laughs> uh, anyway, but also probably one of the most exciting things is we are going to get a last ride of the evening. 
and Disney is offering us something special. Jeff, you want to tell them what that is? Or should we make them guess? Uh, we, sh- we should tell them because we don't want to have them guessing for everything. Uh, good point. Good point. Here it is, guys. We're actually going to get to go on the three caviaros ride. That's it. Bam. <laughs> mind blown. Hashtag mind blown. Okay, Jeff's going to ride that all by himself. The rest of us are going to ride Spaceship Earth once through normal and a second time with the lights. Crazy. 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 I know. I know. I know. We thought about picking Soren, but Soren with the lights on just is still boring. Good. Yeah, and and the the land pavilion, uh, living with the land with the lights on is pretty much living with the living land. Living with the land. So, you know, Spaceship Earth with the lights on, that's a, that's pretty awesome. That's it's akin to Space Mountain with the lights on, except this is more educational and it features more uh, Dame Judy Dench. And a little more sedate, yes, it is. Um, but uh, uh, how much is this going to cost people? I'm well, assuming an arm and leg, it's got to be at least $200. No, $200 is a ridiculous amount of money for any kind of event. So this event will only cost you $32.99. That's it. That's that's incredible. Pocket change. Pocket that is change. Incredible. So that is incredible. Don't don't be crazy and you know go all out and spend money on these other crazy events come to our event it's cheap it's fun we're gonna have a fantastic time it's gonna be live not taped because that'd be weird we're gonna have ron schneider the original Dreamfinder, there that's gonna be great and we're gonna go on spaceship earth not once but twice yes so if you're afraid of the dark be a good time to finally ride spaceship earth all right so to get your tickets because they are going fast we are well more than halfway sold out micechat.com slash store and I know Jeff's going to do his digital magic and put that URL up on the screen but if you're listening micechat.com slash store say that with me out loud micechat.com slash store you want to go there get your tickets as soon as you can because we're going to sell out and we have a limited space because it's in the Norway Pavilion we're so excited we can't believe they're letting us do that I know me either well, thanks so much for watching. Be sure to leave us a comment and rate us on iTunes. You can always email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash communicorweekly. All right, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Imagineerding, and he's at Jeff Heimbuck. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And we're from Mice Chat. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly. Electric Boogaloo.